Hello, this is Manisha Takor. Welcome to the Money Zen Podcast, where I strive to bring you information and inspiration to help you create the financial life that makes your heart sing. Having worked in the financial services industry for over 25 years, I have seen time and again how many smart, hardworking, well-intentioned individuals find themselves confused, overwhelmed, and frustrated about their relationship with money. This podcast series is rooted in my belief that to solve this problem, we don't need more financial information. What we need is more financial wisdom. What we need is clear, unbiased guidance to help us take the optimal actions with our money to achieve our own unique, authentic life goals. I call this financial wisdom Money Zen. As such, the interviews that I will conduct on this Money Zen podcast are designed to help you receive and achieve exactly that. Some of the topics we will cover will be obvious choices for a financial podcast. Topics such as budgeting, investing, and retirement planning. Other topics may surprise you as we delve into advice ranging from how to create your dream professional network to how to find your ideal work-life fit. Taken together, it's my hope that this collection of recordings, which will touch on the topic of money from a wide range of angles, will help you craft your own unique path to your own definition of money's end. So without further ado, let's get on to today's episode. Today's guest, Cliff Feigenbaum, joins us from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Cliff is the founder of the Green Money Journal, which he launched in 1992, and the GreenMoneyJournal.com website, which was launched in 1995. We're here today to talk about and celebrate Green Money's 25th anniversary. Green Money is one of the world's leading sustainable business and impact investing media brands with its monthly e-journal and website focused on publishing innovative solutions and responsible leadership. Every issue is filled with relevant news featuring top writers from the world of sustainable business, impact investing, renewable energy, organic agriculture, and ethically made products. Cliff's goal with Green Money is to help people make informed financial decisions from the stock market to the supermarket. As he likes to say, the overall mission is to influence capital. After 20 years as a quarterly print publication, Green Money shifted to a monthly e-journal in 2014 to reach an even larger global audience with its award-winning content. In 2017, to celebrate its 25th anniversary year, the Green Money tech team upgraded and relaunched the GreenMoneyJournal.com website. In 2013, Green Money founder and managing editor Cliff Feigenbaum was named one of the top 100 thought leaders in trustworthy business by Trust Across America. In 2015, and again in 2017, Cliff was named one of the leaders in CSR and sustainability by Corporate Responsibility Magazine. He has also received numerous nominations for the SRI Service Award, and in 1999, Cliff co-wrote Investing with Your Values, Making Money and Making a Difference, with Hal and Jack Brill, published by Bloomberg Press in New York City. Welcome, Cliff. It's great to be here. Cliff, you're a pioneer in the area of sustainable business and impact investing. How did this journey start for you? It actually all started when I was working at a hospital in the Northwest back in 1991. 
And I discovered that the 401k plan that I had selected a few years previous, when I kind of did some research into it, found out that it was full of tobacco stocks in those mutual funds. And I thought, well, how inappropriate for a healthcare institution to be investing in tobacco or have retirement plans that included tobacco stocks. So that was really the beginning of me wanting to make more informed financial decisions. And I found, well, I didn't find the information resource that I needed. And so that's how I created a little six-page newsletter, the Green Money Journal. And since day one, it has really hit a chord and, and been quite successful uh, since since we launched. Let's pause for a moment before we go any further and talk about what I call the alphabet soup of names and phrases that are used to discuss investing with your values. You hear about SRI, um, socially responsible investing, MRI, mission-related investing, impact investing, socially conscious investing. What term or terms do you like to use and why? Well, I think that really they all get down to one thing and that is what do you want to profit from and what don't you want to profit from what business activity do you want to support and what don't you want to support and that's it kind of goes back to your first question of how green money started was that was was really one of the original questions but as far as the alphabet soup goes of these terms Socially responsible investing was really what SRI used to mean, but over the last five to seven years, it's really transformed to sustainable, responsible impact investing. So it really is a big umbrella. And for me, I like sustainable investing. We see impact investing being used more and more, even on uh, traditional Wall Street. Uh, We see... Morgan Stanley has an Institute of Sustainable Investing. BlackRock now has an impact fund. So we're seeing a lot of, well, a lot of these terms being used in different places in new ways, but in essentially they mean a lot of the same thing. And when you say MRI, that's more of a foundations use what's called mission-related investing. So it's to align their money and their mission. So it's a, uh, a fascinating, uh, growing world. And, and I think what's key for your listeners is to say that there's four parts to SRI, to sustainable, responsible impact investing. And that is, the first part is what do you want to invest in? So if there's renewable energy or sustainable agriculture, really innovative companies that you think are the future, that's really a great place to put your money. The other side of that is what don't you want to invest in? What are you going to screen out? For me, I don't invest in tobacco or alcohol or gambling or weapons or companies using slave labor. Those things are objectionable to me. So I don't want to profit from them. The third aspect is what's called community investing, but it has really kind of evolved into impact investing where you uh, can invest closer to home, more in your region or even in your community and uh, investment notes or in a local bank. Um, 
so that's another way that people can kind of understand how to, uh, you know, do something closer to home. The other aspect, the fourth aspect, is shareholder activism. And we see a lot of the SRI mutual funds getting involved because there is no perfect company. And companies, even if they're doing good things, still could use some advice to their board of directors, some direction that is helpful from their shareholders. And even uh, this past year, we saw ExxonMobil shareholders, a percentage of them, over 50%, voted for Exxon to even disclose their climate change risks. So it's an ongoing conversation that that, uh, every day, I'm learning new things. Well, I learned something new from you. I had not realized that SRI has now morphed into sustainable, responsible impact investing. And I love that because when I first started on the institutional side of the money management business in the early 1990s, SRI really meant particularly eleemosynary or religious organizations speaking about what they wanted to exclude. And as you run through your four points, what I'm noticing is points one, three, and four are really inclusionary points. What do you want to invest in? Community investing, shareholder activism. And so it may sound like it's just a name change, but to me, it really highlights the change um, that I've seen over my 25-year career, which is from exclusionary focus, we don't want this solely, to a broader um, exclusionary plus inclusionary, which I just think is is wonderful. You've attended the SRI conference, which is the big industry benchmark conference around this topic for 26 straight years. Can you tell listeners what this conference is about and what impact it's had attending it on your career in the path of the Green Money Journal? Well, they were very welcoming. I was out a month with the first issue of Green Money Journal when they said, come on down to our conference, we'd love to have you. And so there was like 90 people showed up in Colorado for this event in 1992. And I found from that point on that I learned new things, I meet new people. It's some of the original people from, gosh, even uh, in working on anti-apartheid issues in South Africa are there. There's all kinds of veterans of the SRI movement, retail investors, institutional investors, as well as lots of new people every year. So I'm always learning something, and it really goes to... The expansion is now over 800 people come because this, the SRI industry is now a $9 trillion industry, which means about one in every $5 has some level of SRI screening or criteria or shareholder activism uh, involved with it. And last year alone, Bloomberg reported $6 billion moved into SRI and probably more moving that way this year. So it's something that I think people should consider attending uh, as financial professionals as well. Uh, And the SRIconference.com is the website if people are looking for more information. It's coming up in November uh, down in San Diego this year. But it is an annual event. I mean, this number that you cited is, is stunning. One in every $5 has screening criteria or or shareholder activism based 
elements driving how it's been invested. I think a lot of people would be in sort of the mainstream financial services world would be shocked. I still hear an awful lot of people saying, oh, just make as much money as you can and, and take the profits and invest in the causes you believe in. And they, they tend to be the older age 50 and older set, which I am at age 47 rapidly approaching myself. Um, but I find it's an old school viewpoint. And I love this statistic because it really highlights how integrated it's become in the investment world. You know, starting in 2014, you began to shift towards more theme-related issues. And I'd love to dive into some of these themes. What are some of the most important issues you think listeners should be aware of when it comes to a topic near and dear to my heart, which is women in investing? Well, it's just the fastest growing part, I think, of SRI because uh, it seems that we see through trends and through reporting and even uh, women starting careers in SRI as financial professionals. Uh, Our conferences like the SRI conference or the SIF conference that goes on uh, every year, uh, at least half the speakers and half the attendees are women because it seems that Women, in a lot of ways, get SRI easier. They haven't had the Wall Street background, maybe, that's that's informed them or ill-informed them on different aspects of of SRI because it really is the future of investing. And we see that with the wealth transfer that's coming in the next 20 years, I believe, up to 40 billion dollars is going to be moving towards women and millennials. And so it behooves any financial professional to get aware, to be informed, be knowledgeable about all different aspects of SRI, because we see that wealth transfer really going to boost uh, investment in uh, SRI funds as well as stocks. And uh, people are interested in this, and I have to say that from the this is the fastest growing time ever in the 25 years that I've been uh, reporting on SRI and been involved personally as an investor. Uh, this isn't just something I write about. I invest in uh, inv- you know community investment notes. I invest in the mutual funds. I have stocks that meet my my own criteria. So uh, it's something that uh, I'm very familiar with. It's interesting that you cite the interest level of women. I would say over the past 10 years, as my career shifted more towards financial literacy advocacy for women, I've given many more talks to groups of women. And I literally cannot remember a single time I've given an investment talk to a group of women where at least one person didn't ask me about SRI. And I can't remember the last time I was in front of a um, all-male audience when the topic came up. Um, and so I, I've seen that anecdotally, just the, the deep interest. And I love that at the SRI conference, roughly half the speakers and the half the attendees are women because um, typically in the financial services industry, that's not the case. So that, that's exciting to hear. You referenced millennials. What about millennials and investing should listeners know about? The same thing uh, really applies as we've seen in study after study that 
uh, more millennials want to be involved in impact investing and SRI, and that as this shift of wealth occurs and that they receive money from their grandparents or their parents, that uh, this is a, a fast-growing uh, area for them. And they want to know because they want to align their values with their money. And there's no other place to do that better than in the SRI community. And there's getting to be so many different opportunities to do that. And so they don't want to invest in things that they find objectionable. And uh, I think in a lot of ways, this is this is really good news for our future. We see you know, the Fortune 500 companies, almost all of them, if not all of them, now uh, issue a sustainability report or a CSR report on corporate social responsibility. And so board of directors are understanding this. And also as more women join board of directors, I think they're influencing this in a positive way. So people ask me if I'm optimistic. I'd have to say I really am because of millennials and the future of direction of investing in good companies that are supporting lives that are that create a sustainable future because yes we have a lot of problems in the world and a lot of challenges but the truth is that the good news for me it's challenging but the good news is i can't keep up anymore my email is so full of solutions uh, interesting developments all over the world every day that we have to really pick and choose what we can report on and what we have to let other people report on because there is so much positive, interesting news out there in the world of um, sustainable business and impact investing. Well, that is a nice problem to have. Speaking of sustainable futures and, and, and business, you've done extensive work on sustainable agriculture. What should listeners be aware of in this area? Because sustainable agriculture is vital, as far as I'm concerned. It's about personal health. It's about environmental health. And it's a win-win-win, because it's good for, your, for you personally. It's good for your portfolio, and it's good for the land. Uh, so I love investing in sustainable agriculture and natural food stocks. Um, there's becoming a lot more investment opportunities through an organization called Slow Money is moving a lot of money into sustainable ag. We see Iroquois Valley Farms. We see Farmland LP. We see just more and more of these folks are showing up at the SRI conference as well. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, because to me, it's, again, vital for our healthy future in many ways. Clean water is another topic you've addressed head on. For people who are new to this issue, what, what would you like them to know? The more, the better. Uh, because it really is, we have a limited amount of clean water on this planet. And we decided that we wanted to do a whole issue, and in fact, we're doing another one next year as well, to really ask, what's the future of water? And looking at, uh, we see more investment funds, not only here, but in Europe, are doing exclusively on water infrastructure. Um, but, you know, it's part of healthy soil and, you know, healthy oceans. These are food sources for us. So clean water is a 
a key element. And what was exciting is we start green money's influences has been ever increasing. But one of the things that we wanted to do was to get really big writers. And so when we did our last clean water uh, issue, we had Robert F. Kennedy write about uh, he's the executive director of Water Keepers, and he wrote on the future of water. And it was it was a bit scary, I must say. And um, so it's something that we need to pay attention to, and that's why we bring it to our readers. You know, your your most viewed issue to date has been one on green building. What is that, and what should the socially conscious investor know about this topic? One thing that was amazing to us, that was a surprise to us after all the years that we've been doing, we think our SRI or our women in investing, the millennials issue are gonna, is going to be the one. And last year, it was really our green building was more viewed than any other issue. And why that's important is really about energy and energy efficiency and being able to invest in green buildings because not just homes, but office buildings, we all live in structures. And so many of these structures are not energy efficient. So the investment in retrofits uh, going forward in, in very energy efficient buildings, I think there's gonna be more and more investment opportunities in those areas. And again, we're always looking to educate our readers in new areas uh, that we feel are important because what can they do in their own home as well as what can be done at the office building as well that they work at. Yeah, living in Portland, Oregon, this is a hot, hot, hot topic on both the retail level, home level, as well as the office level. And it's just so heartwarming to see Speaking of heartwarming, this next question is one that I I love to ask because it gets to the heart of why we bother with all this money stuff to begin with on so many levels. So my question is, what is exciting and energizing you right now, either professionally or personally or both, and making you feel all sparkly inside? Well, it has to be the 25th anniversary year that we're involved with with green money. It has just been such an exciting year. We decided to do a couple of double issues asking what's next for the next 20, you know, what's coming in the next 25 years for sustainable business and impact investing. And so we've had a variety of writers that people can, can find their articles on our greenmoneyjournal.com website but the the one that's really the top for us is Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors, writing for us personally on her vision of the next 25 years of sustainability and transportation. And to have someone of that level, one of the top female CEOs in the whole world write for green money was just, it's thrilling and it's an excellent article. And just last week, she was named the most powerful woman in business by Fortune magazine. So in our pages, we have the most powerful woman in business writing about the next 25 years. And so I invite, I invite people to go read what she has to say because she is a, 
uh, global influencer. Well, and just to hammer home that point and make sure people know, to learn more about all of this exciting work going on at Green Money, where can listeners go? We'd love them to come see greenmoneyjournal.com. We have a free monthly e-journal they can sign up for, as well as see you know current articles and past articles and spend some time with us because uh, not only do we have really good writers, we have uh, a variety of different advertisers that, uh, you know, we give you good ideas and then we give you people to work with as well um, that, uh, you know, different companies and different funds and all kinds of uh, different aspects that people can really start aligning their money with their values. And again, this isn't just doing something on Wall Street. This is the way you shop. This is the way you do business. This is the way you inter. You know, how does your money interact with the world? Is it in alignment with your values? We don't say that we have the answer, but we have some of the answers. And so we invite you into the conversation about your relationship with money and having a, a more positive impact in the world. I love it. And, and you're raising so many important questions. So I definitely encourage listeners, um, particularly those who might be new to this topic, to go to greenmoneyjournal.com and see some of the amazing dialogue that has been going on for 25 years now. So congratulations, Cliff, on this momentous anniversary. And um, I'm excited to see what the next 25 years brings for you as well. So thanks for joining us here today. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. And that's it for this episode of the Money Zen Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be incredibly grateful if you'd go to iTunes and leave a review. The more reviews this podcast receives, easier it will be for other women and families to find this information. It only takes a minute to leave a review on iTunes and it will have a big impact. If you'd like more information or to stay connected with me, simply go to moneyzen.com where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, see a full listing of past podcasts, and connect with me on social media. Lastly, I'd just like to end by saying, Never in the history of the world have women in aggregate been able to have the level of control around our finances as we do today. At the same time, we appear to be at a very unique period in the history of the world. As I tape these episodes across the globe, there is anger, hurt, divisiveness, and outrage around so many issues. By helping yourself and the women around you stand on your own two financial feet, You are putting yourself in a stronger position to make whatever impact you feel you can to shift this negative energy to the positive and impact the causes you care about. So thank you for listening and helping spread the word. Here's to your money's end.